0: Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to this Leadership Lessons Shorty podcast. Now, I've definitely stolen this idea from a business partner of mine, Rob Lawrence, and his podcast, Inspirational Creatives. Rob does this really nice thing where, after his main episode, he produces a short episode to go through some of the key highlights and learnings that he took from the podcast. So, innovate before you invent. I'm going to do the same thing. My objective with this Shorty podcast is to demonstrate the connection between great leadership and the responsibility of content creators. Over the last 15 years, I've seen a strong link between great leadership traits and the success of content creators. So I'm gonna share with you in this episode my key moments from the episode that went out last week. Let me know what you think Hopefully, this helps people that are short on time, or people that just want a condensed version, or maybe you just want to hear my impressions from the podcast. I'd love to hear your impression of these shorty episodes, and whether they offer any value or insights to yourself. So, let's get into it. In this episode, we are talking about podcast producer, Helen King. Helen is a breast cancer survivor, and she found that after she'd finished all of her treatment, that she was a little bit alone. There wasn't really any relevant support groups to talk to with other young cancer survivors. Whilst undergoing treatment, Helen found solace and support in a podcast called You, Me and a Big C from the UK. And once her treatment was over and she was discharged, she decided to use her experience from radio and journalism to create something of her own. And that was when the C Word Radio was started. An interesting fact about Helen is that she actually uses a local radio station to transmit her podcasts weekly. And this gave her an element of accountability. She has to deliver shows for the radio station. Otherwise, they need something to fill those slots. But also it gives her a great reach. New Zealanders are known for having a high radio consumption per capita. So Helen has leveraged this to reach the widest audience possible. So let's get into my leadership lessons and my takeaways from Helen King's interview. And we're going to start, as we always do in these shorties, I'm going to start by asking Helen, what do you think makes a good leader?
1: Someone who is willing to let other people do what they're good at and for it to not threaten them. So I think a good leader surrounds themselves with people who Um, complement what their strengths are and that they can admit, I can't do that thing. And so these people can. So let's all work together so we are stronger together.
0: Yeah. And that's so apparent in Helen's content. Working together with people to share stories, complementing each other's skill sets, collaboration, and just coming together to be stronger. But it wasn't always like that.
1: And Helen shares her motivation for starting the podcast. When you when you finish cancer treatment, it's kind of no man's land. So anyone who's been through this or maybe gone through it with a loved one will know the experience of cancer treatment is really intense and you're just surrounded by, you know, you've got doctors, you've got nurses, you've got all these people, and then um, you finish and you're, you know, fixed... <laughs> And you sort of get you know bye go live your life now and um i was you know it was just a really very difficult time and there wasn't really anywhere that i felt that i connected or could relate to and then the pandemic hit <laughs> in march 2020 and we were all at home and i think a lot of people did sort of get creative in different ways and I think being at home and with, you know, the pandemic and all the uncertainty, it sort of, it compounded a lot of those of feelings of feeling really disconnected and lost in things.
0: And I think this is great leadership qualities here. She has the opportunity to be introspective. She... Is seeing the truth for the way it is. That's how she felt. She felt compounded, alone and isolated. And like all great leaders, instead of letting this bog her down, she decided to do something positive and take action. Helen started to reach out to people within the cancer survivor community to ask them whether they'd be interested in a podcast. And this brought its own hurdles.
1: People were interested. A lot of people didn't understand so much what a podcast was so that... That was a challenge, but people were intrigued, I think, about this idea of being able to tell your own story and hear stories that might be similar to what they'd experienced, yeah.
0: So Helen took this positive response and launched the podcast. But to get over this hurdle of what is a podcast, how do I get a podcast, and having to educate all of her listeners how to consume her content, as I mentioned earlier, she partnered up with a local radio station. And this was genius because people are already listening to radio. So the radio station allowed her to springboard her podcast out to a wide audience, but it also had some greater benefits for developing a relationship with her audience.
1: But yeah, it's just, it has been a platform where I've been able to, you know, distribute my podcast, but it's really been in the networking and the connection and the community building on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. So it's, it is this funny thing. And then I have people who listen to my podcast who I come out of the woodworks, and I, <laughs> it's just. And, you, and in my head, I'm thinking, this is so funny because you're, I like can middle-aged man from rural New Zealand, not really who I think my target audience is. And then, but you love my podcast. So <laughs> it's just. It's really intriguing.
0: And that's one of the wonderful things about becoming a digital leader, creating content and launching your podcast. You don't know who you're going to help. And this got me thinking, what were Helen's objectives for this podcast? Who did she think it was going to help? And how was she going to facilitate it?
1: Providing a space for people to talk about a really traumatic experience in their own words and really own it and really um, feel like They all of a sudden have a voice. Because I guess the thing is about cancer treatment is that all of a sudden your body is medicalized and you have no control over it. You have, you just have no say, well, you do have a say in what's going on, but it's, it's a really weird experience. Like all of a sudden, you're sort of putting your trust in somebody else. And I think one of the things that has appealed to people is that I offer a space where we can challenge some of those things of, no, we're not cancer warriors. <laughs> we're just not, you know. And so that, what people have said to me or I get feedback about is that I'm very honest But I can also, for me, humour has always been a way I've dealt with things. And so I think because that comes across, people feel quite comfortable and open to share those things with me.
0: And that's so important, giving people a voice. A lot of her guests have had that horrible feeling of complete lack of control over their own situation. And they get tarnished by, whether it's well-intentioned or not, certain labels, like the cancer warrior one there, And Helen uses humour to help people feel at ease. But with these tough topics, Helen is really astute about being empathetic and relatable, both for the guests so they can open up and share their story, but also for the listener.
1: Quite a sensitive person, like I feel things intensely. And so I like people to feel like they can trust me. And so I think I've always been good at helping people feel at ease and then also understanding how much of myself can I insert into this so they they trust me enough to share their experience. And so I think I have brought that in. And I, yeah, I probably have got better at that, of understanding um, how much to share and how much to, to sort of let the other person um, talk about. But I, I think that is a skill um, that I had learned as a journalist, that if you, if you want people to talk to you and get the, the sort of interesting stuff, is that they have to trust that you are genuine and that there's something relatable about you. Yeah.
0: And for me, this is a leadership masterclass in empathy and trust building. And Helen understands that everyone's experience is different. And with that experience comes different boundaries or limits of topic discussion. I asked Helen, how do you know where these limits are and what you can and can't ask?
1: I think you can sense it with some people. Like I had a person that I interviewed a few months ago, and I just really got the sense with them that they're they they they're not naturally someone that likes to be in the spotlight, but because of the type of cancer they have, they have stepped into an advocacy role because it's a cancer that was very, um, you know, underfunded and under-researched. And she wanted to come on the podcast, but I think, you know, because it wasn't natural for her. And so in those sorts of cases, I think for me, I know that there are going to be limitations. And so for her, I knew that talking about her diagnosis and those sorts of things could potentially be really, really triggering and hard for her. And so we actually stuck more to how she got into advocacy and what the challenges were. And so I think, for me, that's come with time and experience of understanding that you do have a duty of care. Like, I don't want anyone to walk away feeling really exposed and vulnerable. So it is, it is a, some of it is instinct in terms of where is that limit, but I think also it's understanding um, that... Yeah, there's stuff that people don't need to share and not pressuring them into sharing it. Yeah.
0: And this is part of the success of Helen's podcast. She allows people to share what they want to share. But the show also has a massive impact and sometimes on people that don't listen very often.
1: She said, oh, I've I've never listened to your podcast. It's like, oh, that's all right. But I had (laughs) it. We can still be friends. That's right, But I had actually done an episode with someone that had some, that's saying cancer she had had. And I said, hey, y- you might enjoy this. Um, but, mm. you know, no worries if you're too busy, that sort of thing. And that very kiwi way, you know, no worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. If you can, that's it. fine.
0: If you don't, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lovely.
1: But wishy washy. Yeah. But it was amazing because she came back to me and she said, listening to that, was more, was more useful than like a year's worth of therapy. I was like, "Oh my wow. god." <laughs> yeah, and I think people might look and go, "Oh, okay, that's one person." I think, well, that's pretty incredible that I'm just some I'm just sitting in my kitchen <laughs> talking to people about cancer. Yeah. And then there's someone out there that might listen to it and at that moment in their life they can go, "Oh my god, I'm not alone. Oh, someone understands." You know, and I think for me with what my podcast is, that's success.
0: And what a great measure of success that is. Impact and helping people not feel alone. That's awesome. And speaking of feeling alone, Helen actually started the podcast with a co-host. But unfortunately, that just didn't work out. But she used her amazing communication skills and openness to help solve the issue. And this situation is more common than you think. A lot of people start a podcast and they think, I don't want to do it alone, I'm going to get a co-host. And then after a while, one or the other don't want to be as involved. Here's Helen sharing her experience.
1: Personality-wise, we just started not to to really click in that way. And yeah, and it just got it got to that point where I just I was doing the bulk of things and I just got to this point where I said to her, "Look, I'm happy for you to be involved, but I'm just I'm going to start to get resentful if I'm the only one doing this stuff, so I need you to think about the reality of the amount of time you can put in versus, you know, what you want and to think about that. And I think that's something that most people don't realize is that podcasting <laughs> takes a lot of time. And also when you're not being reimbursed for that, it can feel like you have to really love what you're doing to keep doing something that's like a part-time job for free.
0: Looking at the facts, what time do we have available? Can you be involved in this? Helen didn't let the situation get to the point that she felt resentful. And she's right. Podcasting can be overwhelming. You might think this experience has left Helen a little burnt and wanting to do everything her way on her podcast. Absolutely not. Helen is all about finding people that complement your skills, collaborating and being stronger together.
1: Because I, I will admit I can be a bit of a control freak and this is like it's like, oh, this is my, you know, this is my heart and soul. But letting go and finding someone um you know, she does such an amazing job. She does the the initial, what I'd call a first pass with all the, you know, ums and ahs and stuff. And then what that means for me is that when I go into it, I'm just focusing on content. And that's where I love doing things. And so it's like, why not, you know, employ someone else and give, you know, help them produce an income. And it's so good. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough.
0: Such great advice from someone that has had experience in radio, journalism, and now as a successful podcaster. So to finish off today, I asked Helen, what advice do you have for new content creators?
1: I'd think about um, why you want to do it. And I know that is quite, you know, we talk about a lot of your why and that sort of thing. But I would think about how much time do you have Do you love this topic enough that even on your worst day where you can't be bothered with anything, you can still talk about it and love it? Um, And really think about what is your goal? Like if you take away the idea of getting a million downloads and being, you know, paid squillions of dollars for it, what do you you actually want to achieve? And is a podcast the right um, format to, to achieve that goal?
0: And that is some solid advice from Helen. You need to know why you're doing it. Are you passionate about it? I love the fact she said, can you show up on your worst day and still produce content about this subject? You've got to have that passion. And Helen is so passionate about what she does. Her values that she wants her content to be known for were honesty, fearlessness, and thought-provoking. And I think her podcast does that wonderfully. I've said this earlier, this is a masterclass in communication. This is how to be empathetic, build trust, and engage the people around you. She was honest with the co-host. She hired help to allow her to curate the content more, which is what she loves doing, and it's better for the listener. And she engages with the community as much as possible, as well as providing content for a local radio station, which is just fantastic. Helen is a true inspiration and she approaches tough conversations with an open mind and an open heart. All the information about Helen will be in the show notes. So go there if you want to find more about Helen. And uh, I'd love to know what leadership lessons you learned from the main episode too. And that is it for this shorty leadership lesson episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, please let me know. Give me a DM on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. Uh, If you didn't enjoy it, let me know on Instagram, cult.media, K-U-L-T.media. Thanks for listening and be good.